This is a very uh, brief chant this morning, and we'll do more later. But I wanted to give due time to put in some explanations and some foundational uh, hints and suggestions. So, one of the reasons, in a way, there's a lot in the in the chanting that perhaps uh, needs, one needs to remember or recollect. And it's got three particular aspects to it. One is it's um, bodily, much more bodily than just than speaking, uh, because when you chant, you have to open your chest and you regularly draw the air up through your body, pushing and opening the chest, pushing in the belly, and just it's it's a it's a, a chant. You have to govern the breath. Sort of speaking just comes out in a random way. The chanting is a sustained presentation of, of breath coming through your vocal cords. You know? So it's uh has a bodily aspect to it. And all of the teachings originally were uh remembered through chanting them. There still are some people remember all the teachings through chanting it. Because it when it comes through your body, it has a certain calming, composing effect on the body, and it unifies the body. So we're experiencing this, what I call the inner body, the breath body, the body you experience when you're breathing in and out, which is a regular channel of vitality, and um, has an effect on your entire body. So there's bodily aspect to it. It has a heart aspect to it, in that um, the act of puja means actually honouring, respecting, praising, and when you consider that, or you focus on that, um, praising and honouring has a, a rising quality in the heart. It lifts, uh, lifts. It's just like an act of generosity lifts. It's a heart lifting effect or an act of blaming or criticizing as a downwards effect. You can feel these effects in your heart. This is why, of course, people enjoy generosity and kindness, because it has a lifting, opening effect in the heart. And praising and respecting, similar effect. It's also refined. It's not excited. It's not impulsive, it's a refined, um, steady quality. And respect and uh, praising in this way, honouring, is just emotionally a little bit cooler than, um, than other forms of uh, emotional uplift. But it is sustainable, it's a steady quality. Whereas other forms of emotional uplift tend to be a little more up and then they pass. And subside. When we get happy, uh, enjoying ourselves, uh, we feel quite bright and happy, but then it, it also subsides relatively quickly. Uh, quality of respect is something that, uh, you know, you can, you can begin with it in this chanting, but also something you can sustain. Yeah. Yeah. Now what 
but of course we need something worthy of respect and uh, and praising. So this is why the triple gem, the Buddha, the enlightened one, the awakened one, the uh, teacher of humans, wisdom, impeccably moral conduct. There are a lot of recollections on the qualities of the Buddha, uh, which, because in Pali, you don't necessarily notice them. Um, so this third quality of, of recollection is brings your brain into it. It's a rather um, complex and uh, proliferating uh, uh, faculty. That is a lot of our thinking is why, what about next, uh, how to do this, why am I like this, what about so and so, remembering the past, going to the future, thinking about other people, thinking about ourselves, even that other people think of us, thinking about how we should change into being something other than this, um, so that other people will feel another way about what we think they think we are. And, and it gets complicated. Uh, and this actually is the realm that um, many people spend a lot of their days in, you know, job, living, how's this going to work? What's the benefit of this down there? So it gets a complicated and often rather fraught, um, tangled and uh, unhappy, not comfortable experience. So when we think, you deliberately recollect slowly, steadily and sustain um, simple acts of recollection. Buddha, the awakened one. What does that mean? Impeccable in conduct. What is that? How does that feel? Someone you can trust. Someone who has um, bestows blessings, gives a lot to you for your welfare, doesn't ask anything back. And so these recollections, the Buddha, the Dhamma, that which is called immediate or direct, gets straight to the point. Um, timeless, it's a constant doesn't waver in terms of time. It's constantly the same, has the same quality to it. And uh, it's encouraging. It, it asks of you that you come and look into it. Don't just sit back and be passive with it. Uh, it's, in, it's inviting, it's beckoning you. Come in and look at this. It's also called Opanayako, which means it is takes you inward and it's pertinent, it's relevant and it, ex- as you, it invites you to look within yourself Bacchadang is something you can know directly in yourself you can't get it from a book, you can't get it from me um, but hopefully some of these teachings that I give that you can read in books will help you to recollect and find it for yourself. We present menus, menus and recipes, and you've got to do the picking and choosing, points with what you want, what you need, what's helpful for you. And this is where the quality of wisdom, the last quality, really double knew you, which means it's, it's realizable by those who apply their wisdom, discernment measuring, figuring it out, 
looking into this and that, comparing. Well, is this and that? Is this right? That right? How's that go? This is the wisdom faculty. But it's, uh, in a way, it's the last one there, because uh, to be, to make wisdom something that's steady rather than uh, skeptical doubt or speculative thought, we need to come to this direct experience and calming and steadying, you know, so that the wisdom faculty is just um, like uh, attending, tuning in, tuning in, and mm, how's this? Tasting, sampling, mm-hmm. how is this? Check it out. How does this feel? Don't know? What about this one? Uh, give it some time. Check it out. Praiseworthy? Useful? Helpful? Good for myself? Does it affect other people? Just skillful? Unskillful? Stressful? Mm. Um, so, these is uh, this recollection of the Dhamma, even just to slowly bear it in mind, is a constant um, guide to tune in, to get your wisdom faculty tuned in. So you should kind of run through that, direct, not remote, accessible. Kalego, timeless, same place, in a way it's the same reference point. Mm. Just these two faculties alone. Mm. Uh, Direct, what do you know now? How is it now? Some pleasant, some unpleasant. How is it now? Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, however however things are now, however it is, it's like this. Now, the quality of how it is now is changing, but the ability to know or to sense it's like this, that is a constant possibility. It's like feeling changes, pleasant, unpleasant, strong, mild. But the ability to feel remains. So this is this is the entry. Just this we call it awareness, and it's uh, another fundamental property of citta. Citta, we are affected, we are moved. It's. Uh, an emotional or a moving experience, but we're also aware of that. We notice it. And we have the possibility of going into it, pulling out of it, studying it, turning attention. But it's based on, first of all, it's awareness. It's like this now. Whatever I want it to be, or it should be, or I hope it will be, but now it's like this. And this is the beginning of a kind of mature calm. It's not about suppression or avoidance or scrunching your 
attention up. It's a mature calm in that you're just being sober and straight. Yeah. It's like this now. Hmm. And there's an encouragement. Once you find that emotional balance, to tell me about it. How is it? Feelings, moods, sensations, mind states, uncertainties, strong interest, physically like this, like this now. And within this, we um, begin to select what takes us inward, what's opanaical, so we're not just skating across this surface of changing conditions. What opanaical, what leads us in through that, so we're not just reacting to it, bouncing around with it, um, unsteady with it, what takes us inwards through that. This is another very important cultivation and we use vehicles to take us in like we use vehicles to get here there are several vehicles um, one of the great vehicles is the breath vehicle the breathing vehicle going into the body into the sense of the body because you can know that for yourself but you don't and, but it does require this fine tuning of uh, wisdom wisdom is not it has, a, it has an intellectual aspect to it but it's not knowledge it's the sense of knowing how hot your soup is the sense of knowing whether you're standing up balanced the sense of knowing uh, where you feel tense, sense of knowing whether you're breathing in or breathing out. These are not tremendous metaphysical um, examinations, but they are they're tuning in. And uh, so this tuning in by itself has the faculty of turning. Because if you're tuning into these opanaical dhammas, these dhammas that lead within, then you're not tuning into tomorrow, yesterday, other people, what I did three years ago, the state of this, the state of that, yeah. colors and forms and shapes and sounds, you're tuning into something that's got a further in quality, deep in quality. And um, so this is Dhamma, and we'll, you know, you can look at it, you can recollect it, it's written down, it's a nice few phrases, and you can take a phrase and bear it in mind and turn it over, and uh, not so much use thinking to take you in, not thinking to take you out, not thinking to add more thoughts, but thinking to take you to a direct experience. What is going inward? 
what is pertinent, what's helpful. These are questions that you don't want a verbal answer for. You want it to touch something. And we use thought for that. Simple, repeated. It's like you're kind of training a dog. You know, sit, sit, <laughs> sit. <laughs> it's not information so much as just the steady application required. So, and this uh, recollecting Sangha, those who practice, and uh, this is the quick way to enter the Sangha. Don't need a ceremony, don't need a precept, you don't need robes, don't need to shave your head, um, unless you want to uh, adapt, you know, really take on a lifestyle and be prepared be willing to support others. Yeah. If you do, I'd recommend giving it a go for a while anyway, a month, week, three, three months, something like that. <coughs> but um, the heart of Sangha is not the Bhikkhu Sangha, it's the Arya Sangha, the Sangha of those who practice this Dhamma directly. Mm. Properly. With integrity, yeah. knowing when they're budging issues or drifting off or avoiding things or grabbing hold of things, they they they're, they're clear about themselves. They're straight. They know when they're playing games or fooling around or avoiding things, and they so they practice directly and they practice with wisdom. With, with the kind of wisdom that's uh, handling things in terms of dhamma, and this is so. These are these are qualities we we can praise. Because these qualities, although they are accessible. They are, they are relatively rarely employed. This is the uh, pathos of human condition. It's like we're like fish in a pond that's drying up. You look around and you see dead fish. And we still keep splashing around in the pond. The pond is drying up. Water level is going down. They're kind of splashing around in the little bit that's left. And, uh, you know, there's a lovely stream. If you turn the direction, there's a lovely stream of clear water that you can go into. And, and uh, many human beings are just still splashing around in this, this drying pond. <laughs> and there's a lovely clear stream. So, so someone who is um, properly attuned is someone who enters that stream. Mm. Mm. So it's like this now. And what's helpful? <coughs> Mm. 
a recollection and uh, lifting, opening the heart are valuable, necessary. But to, to back it up, to give it real strength and, and continuity and, and depth, we need a body. And body has the power and strength. Mind flickers and changes quickly. There's nothing that changes so quickly as a mind. So we need this sense of the, the body which is much steadier to give its um, strength and composure and vitality uh, that our mind is, is grounded in standing in that you know, and it's receiving that sense of strength, vitality and composure nothing can flicker from good to bad so quickly as the mind and uh, nothing can ruin and distract so much as an ill established mind and nothing can guard and protect and nourish so well as a well established mind citta <coughs> so though for many of you this is not news and that's great because we are here to remember uh, maybe pick up a few tips hints build up on what we know already um, but often to come back to this foundation of Dhamma yeah. and because we have a special situation to do that all the time we're doing other things and so I'll just give some guiding instructions on sitting just the physical act of sitting and then perhaps some standing so these be relatively short um, periods, a couple of shortish periods. Try to follow and check out what I'm talking about in your own body, your own form. So, most um, significant aspect of the sitting is the spine, not the legs or the knees. So, if you're sitting in a chair, that's Okay, that's fine. Um, it, you, it's a little, it's a, for someone who's can and is, is comfortable with sitting on the, with the legs folded on the floor is, is better because it's just, um, a firmer basis. This triangle of the legs is, is a bit broader than just two feet on the back side. Here you've got everything and it's very spread. It's spread wide. So it's a much, wider spread basis and you can tuck one foot on top of the other calf or the side depending how flexible you are you can put them both up on opposite thighs if you're, if you're very flexible or if you're not that flexible you can have one foot down in front but um, <coughs> Why tuck it up is because you'll, you'll feel the difference. You've just got a little more underneath you when you've got the legs pulled back. And that gives you a nice firm foundation. Now to make use of that, you've got to really connect, strongly connect 
the, the leg basis to the spine. Yeah, because this is where uh, we get the uprightness, and the uprightness of the body is very necessary for proper energy, proper balance, and even proper relaxation. Now you may not think this is incredibly relaxed. It gets to be very comfortable if you work on it. Because if your spine is upright, then all the weight of your body, your chest, your shoulders, your head, is coming straight down and it's going into the ground. Rather than being carried on your belly, on your shoulders, on your neck. So the idea is the alignment of the spine is such that all, everything, your head, your chin, everything is right above the tail. Now you can't, it's not about looking around because you can't see that, you can feel it. You can feel and uh, that alignment. Now, to acquire this balance, you, what we need to do is, is activate the muscles in the lower back. These act as the support. If you activate the muscles in the lower back, you can then relax everything above that. So this becomes then supremely comfortable. It takes a while because sometimes it's just the, like everything else, a matter of building up those muscles, posture muscles. But essentially, the key to it is first of all to, to experience where that where that is, uh, because it's not a part of the body you normally know about. You just as you're sitting, you push down with your tail. Yeah. So just as if you have something like a a little bird with its wing, and you're trying to pin it down, it's got its wing under your bottom, and you're just trying to make sure the bird doesn't wriggle away. And you push down, it's like you're pinning something down through your tailbone. If you do that, flex it, push it, and then release it, you'll feel something swinging in the lower back and also in the lower belly. You feel something becomes slightly stronger when you push and then it relaxes when you relax, softer, that area. So it's really base of the abdomen in the front and also the lumbar muscles, we call the lumbar region that's just governing the pelvis. So this we come back to time and again because normally our sense organs take us up and out through our head. The eyes, the ears, everything's stuck up here on this top bit. So very often we are you know, drawn out through our eyes, looking at things, yeah, turning our heads around, see things or hear things, smell things. So all the energy comes up to this the head area, and it leaves the lower body. Now that's why you know when we sit, we sit with this restraint over the sense doors, either turning the eyelids over the eyes or even closing the eyes. But it's not absolutely necessary to close the eyes. In fact, it can be helpful to leave them slightly open, but we'll get into that later. 
the main thing is to be able to feel this part of your body and get it firmly established drawing the, the lower spine in you draw the lower spine in quite deliberately you feel the front of your body swell and lengthen the abdominal region so just imagine that you see cats doing this and they stretch they draw the spines in and they stretch really very good for your spine and you take that in and then keep that same sense you're aware of your spine going all the way up your back a little bit at a time just as if somebody's gently prodding each vertebra with their finger this, 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 this and that and get between your, the shoulder blades behind the, the heart and there again you want to push in because here's where characteristically we, we tend to hump the shoulders bend over because most of the time we're reading looking at things, driving cars and so forth so we hump and you want to iron that out because if you hump there your head's going to come forward you, your neck not muscles will have to hold your head up and you'll get strained and you'll get dull or thoughtful all your energy then is locked into your head so any spinal constriction will tend to lock energy, just like a traffic jam. You know, energy is trying to come up, but it can't because your spine's bent over. So what happens then is you've got either a lot of energy up in your head, which is swimming, and you, it doesn't connect to the ground. So your body comes apart internally. Now if you bring that area in your back, pull it in, and draw the chin back, the face back. Again, the face tends to inch forward because that's what the senses do. We draw it back. You can sense your neck coming up and into the back of your head, into the skull. So rather than put energy into the face, you draw that back from the face into the back of the head, the skull, where the skull and the neck meet. Neck bones meet. So it's like realigning yourself, because for meditation you don't really need much of a face at all but you do need a a back spine if you come into this as you feel your way into it also as you emphasize in the spine you soften the front soften the we take it from the head down yeah so first of all around the forehead and the temples can you feel that area 
deliberately soft and relax that and around the eyes soften and relax that and you, to do this you need to have that strength in your back to give you the support because when you relax then naturally things go very can go soft or fuzzy so you want to have this strength in your back if you do feel Disoriented, then keeping your eyes open is a big help. So, sensing the flesh around the eyeballs, these two balls of jelly in the, in the eye sockets, sensing the flesh around the eyeballs. Can that be soft and relax? Take your time with that, but I'll just um, move slowly through other parts. Uh, just to bear in mind, you may come back to one or two of these that seem to need more attention. Uh, so the forehead, the temples, around the eyes. Next area is the cheeks and the sides and around the mouth, because this is all again a very active area. We smile, we make gestures with our lips and mouths and cheeks, so there's a lot of energy there. Actually, when we meditate, we don't need this. So, softening around the corners of the mouth. Resting the tongue in the floor of the mouth. And sweeping your awareness down your neck sides of your neck with the encouragement to let your shoulders drop and then down over your chest around the sides of the chest so it's helpful just to have the experience of your arms being separate from the sides of your chest, they're not glued to it or stuck to it, you can feel some space between your arms and your chest, so that the sides of your body, which also have muscles, they can you can sense them, and also with the movement of the, of the chest as you breathe in and out, keep relaxing the muscles around the sides of your chest, the ribs, muscles. Then you breathe more fully and easily. Continuing the solar plexus and the diaphragm. Diaphragm, big sheet of muscle between the abdomen and the chest. And it's governed by the solar plexus, the small area in the center, associated with fear, control, and um, pressure. It tightens up when we're urgent, when we're defensive, when we're arguing, 
tightens up. So, contemplating this particular point, the encouragement to open and relax, soften that with every breath. What's in front of me is safe. What's behind me is safe. What's around me is safe. May I be well. Nobody's bothering me. I don't have to prove anything. May I find my own comfortable space and sit within that. Free from intrusion. Free from obstruction. Free from pressure. Take a long breath out. Feel the what happens in your belly, in your abdomen, and you breathe all the way out. Can that area of your body be quite flexible? And composed in your belly. Gentle, steady breathing out all the way to the end of the breath. And then a steady breathing in from the belly, pulling air in through the tubes of the nose and feeling the body swell as you do so. So those are some outline points. Spine, lower region, lumbar region, spine, neck. Getting that in alignment. and softening the front of the body. If this, if this becomes established, then you'll naturally experience in a, in a very easy and composed way, with no particular strain, you'll naturally experience breathing in and breathing out as a regular uh, quality, vitality, so it becomes a body, an inner body, a smooth, flexing inner body. It's the Buddha called the, the best body you can have. With your hands, you can hands naturally are also very active um, parts of our body. Yeah. You want them to be, they tend to be restless, fidgety, or clench, or just very loose. You forget them. So, 
recommended to be conscious of the hands and it's the upturned palm the open soft palm sense that and resting the backs of the palm the hands on each other or on the legs so that they feel supported there's no strain in your in your arms you feel the sense of the hands are supported and the palms are open feeling the quality of the open palm you can add to that the delicacy and sensitivity of the fingers which are extremely acute and uh, again if the feeling the fingers you can have it so that uh, the palms rest inside each other, thumb tips then just gently touch it's a very gentle touch that gives a certain precision but the most important thing is to have the quality of the hands the open soft palm and a sense of rest These are points you can just check through, and I recommend you do check through every sitting, not just once every sitting. Everything goes out, everything slides out. again within this particular posture three qualities the bodily quality very obviously which we made some attention to it's an internal and uh, it's profitable it benefits you do nothing else than just learn to sit and be with that, it's going to do you a lot of good in terms of your nervous system, your vitality, your digestion, your sleep, headaches, everything's going to benefit from a healthy internal body. And this is the way to the internal body is through correct posture. This is one of them, the sitting posture. We do a lot of it. And it's worth working with.
because it pays off. You know, meditation, but even just for health, pays off. You're not pumping stress chemicals through your body, adrenaline, willpower. So just the amount of difficult stuff you're not doing. And you're allowing the body's energy to establish itself and regenerate itself through breathing, rather than through being kicked or pushed or driven. This is enormously beneficial. The other quality of that faculty, then the heart faculty, this is refined. This is gentle. This is not brutal. There's a softness to it, which is not sloppy, but sensitive, refined, kalyana, beautiful. And it also focuses our thought capacity because you keep having to point. You know, what's happening in the spine, neck, other hands. And these are just very small thoughts. Thoughts like uh, thumbtacks, just little points you touch. So they're non, non, not complicated thoughts, tangling thoughts, and using the thought faculty just to point, how is that? How is that? You've got a reference, how is that? You refer something to what you've been taught, how is that? That's simple thought, direct, pertinent thought, Thought that gets to the point, thought that's profitable, immediately profitable. Thus it brings you back into this something more unified than the distracting realm of time and events and this and that. All this helps towards unification, samadhi. It's a simple recipe, tried and tested, available all countries of the world, with or without spice.
So let's have a pause moment. Just um, relax that set. How is it now? Let's open, widen, without looking for anything particular. It's like this now. How is this? What's helpful? Stretch, breathe, flex. So these pause moments have their own um, value because when we pause, we recognize things change. Yeah? Things change. What doesn't change? We're, there's an awareness of this. Yeah. Yeah. So things change. Mm-hmm. And yet, one is aware of that, one is aware that things have changed and it's now like this. And this again is very constant returning to that model. Stuff that changes and there's something knowing that that doesn't change. May not be headline news, but it gets to be very significant when um, Changes become um, poignant, distressing, passionate, excited, desperate. It's good to know something doesn't change and be with that. Okay, let's um, close the session. It's early morning session and we'll get back here after breakfast. <coughs>